This is the Soulfully Casual Podcast hosted by Matty Ice. And now, your host, Matty Ice. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Soulfully Casual Podcast brought to you by Matty Ice Media. Big shout out to them. As always, I'm your host, Matty Ice, and I hope wherever it is that you are listening from, you are having a very terrific Monday. Um, the last few weeks have been pretty busy for me. I know I've been able to put out some content for you all. Uh, one of the things that helps is having Mike by my side to do those Friday episodes of Falcon and Winter Soldier. I really hope you've been enjoying those. The response has been uh, pretty great. Some of my most listened to episodes had people reach out on social media. Um, it's been really fun to do that. But outside of that, you know, putting out content, uh, it takes time, it takes effort. And with my son getting older, uh, more mobile, much more uh, interactive, if you will, and not to mention the weather getting better outside, um, things are just getting busier, right? Life is going back to normal, so to speak. Uh, my wife and I were able to uh, get our first dose of the vaccine recently, and that took, you know, a huge amount of pressure off. Uh, we get our last at the end of the month, and then by the middle of May, uh, our lives are ready to return back to normal. So I think just as that is starting to ramp up, our lives have gotten busier. And I apologize that my content has been sort of haphazard. Uh, we haven't put out cowboy season in a couple of weeks, and I do genuinely feel bad about that. Uh, life has been busy on all fronts, and we're just trying to make it happen. A lot of things have happened over the last couple of weeks. Um, in my last solo episode, I talked about the Lil Nas X, uh, you know, Satan shoes, and some other topics. Um, and Two of the things that happened, I think, this week were some deaths, celebrity deaths uh, internationally. And I think it was last summer, one of the first episodes I ever did of this show, I talked about the death of Chadwick Boseman um, and how when a celebrity dies, we generally tend to feel some connection, basically because we feel connected to the roles that that person has played uh, and some kind of influence that that person has had in our life. But yet at the same time, we really don't know these people. Uh, over the course of the last week, we've had two, I call them celebrities die, um, in two very different situations. Uh, first was uh, a member of the royal family, Prince Philip, and he was 99 years old, almost 100 years old. Uh, very clearly, if, if you are living to that extent, to that age, and to be honest, he was living a pretty decent life. He was still mobile at that point. Um, you know, I, I don't even know if I'm going to get that old and if I'm going to be anywhere close to mobile at that age. So the fact that he was as mobile as he was, even though he was looking like a very, very old at that point, um, the fact that he made it to that point means he lived a very fruitful life. He saw a lot of things happen in his lifetime and was able to make a lot of things happen for himself in that lifetime. Surely it's easier being a member of the royal family, but, um, you know, lived a very fruitful life. I don't think anybody's going to look at somebody dying at age 99 and think that they didn't live a good life. Um, you know, to be able to have that longevity, have that kind of health uh, for that long of a time, I think it uh, it speaks to, you know, living a very, very fruitful life. And on the other side of that coin, uh, rapper DMX passed away. He was aged 50, and he died from complications of a drug overdose. So you're looking at two very, very different scenarios, two very, very different lives, very different people and very different deaths, but I think it speaks to a larger picture. So first thing I want to talk about is DMX. Um, I grew up at my age, I'm 38. I remember DMX's heyday. Hip hop is a genre that I generally tend to like. Uh, it's not one of my favorite genres, but DMX was a, a rapper who sort of 
you know, was cross genre. You know, people knew who he was. He was a uh, pop culture icon in that sense because he made music that a lot of people identified with in my age bracket. He was in movies, he was in TV shows and so forth. So he was very recognizable. Uh, he lived a very, very hard life. And a lot of that was by his own doing. Uh, he spent time in jail. He did drugs. Uh, you know, he was, uh, he was, you know, sort of a, a criminal in some aspects. And, you know, there's something to be said about that. I think what ends up happening is when somebody passes away, we generally tend to focus on the good parts of them, which I think is a good thing. Ultimately, it is because while there are genuinely terrible people in this world, most of us have good and bad sides to us. And at the end of our lives, no matter how our lives end, we'd like to be remembered by those good things. At least I would. Um, I generally tend to focus on my bad aspects. I've talked about that before. I beat myself up over it. But my hope is that whenever I leave this earth and pass on to wherever it is I'm supposed to go, uh, that people think about those good things. And hopefully the uh, negative memories that people have have been overshadowed by the good that I've tried to do since their you know, negative you know, impressions of me. But DMX also was in the news for having very unpopular opinions as it related to, um, you know, gay, uh, you know, the, the gay community, homosexuals. And in this day and age, it's really, really difficult to uh, forget those things. I actually had a recent interaction with a family member who I was estranged from for a while, about five years. And uh, she had told me some of the things that she said to one of her siblings. And I just, you know, couldn't help but say to her that, you know, you have to remember that the things that you say in this life, uh, people remember them. People can't unhear them. And they have effects on people. They affect people's relationships with each other. They affect how you feel about them, how they feel about you. And we need to all be careful about what we say. The second words leave our mouths, we can't take them back. We can apologize. We can do what we can to try and, um, you know, repent, so to speak but we can't take them back. I can think of some scenarios in my lifetime in which, um, you know, I said some pretty horrible things to some people. Alcohol or not, um, those are unacceptable things. And I think about those things still eight years later, uh, and I beat myself up over them because it's not the person that I want to be. But I didn't repeat that, right? I didn't say those things again. I didn't repeat that kind of behavior uh, in, in making my apology seem hollow. And I think DMX uh, saying the things that he said you know, having the opinions that he had, um, it's hard to not sep it's hard to separate, you know, those things from from the, the entertainer that he was. And I know a lot of people are doing that. And that's okay, right? That's fine. Um, anytime somebody dies aged 50, it feels tragic, even if they've had a hard life. Addiction is tough. It really, really is. And not everybody is strong enough to overcome it. And that is no matter where you are in this world. Um, we've seen countless numbers of celebrities and entertainers go through addiction issues and succumb to it in such a way that it feels so human, right? They feel like the rest of us. Demi Lovato is a great example. She's now going on a, um, I don't want to call it a press tour, but they're doing like a documentary on her struggles. Her struggles have been very well documented. She's been very open about them and open about, you know, how she has tried to overcome them. And she is somebody who people recognize. She has a beautiful voice. She is a uh, award-winning artist, and yet it doesn't really matter. It doesn't really matter that you are a celebrity or that you are somebody that has clout. Uh, addiction is something that everybody goes through. It's a chemical. Uh, you know, it's, it's wired into ourselves. 
if you are predispositioned to being an addictive person like I can be in certain ways, uh, you have to watch out for that because there's no guarantee that you're going to not succumb to it at some point. I know that I have addicts in my family. Uh, my wife has addicts in her family and it's a constant struggle. And a lot of times I think we want to say uh, that we want to write somebody off because, well, they're just doing it to themselves. And while there is a part of that that is true, there is also a part of it that is, um, you know, so difficult for them to overcome. And we've seen people waste opportunities. Uh, DMX has not been in the uh, pop culture spotlight in quite some time. His heyday and his in popularity was uh, a long time ago, to be honest. It was like 20 years ago. But people remember it. People remember the influence that he had on them in some fashion and it's, you know through his music um and people have been remembering that but you know we found this out with kobe that it's very very difficult to not engage all aspects of who somebody is when they die i think there's a natural progression of going through that you know i remember them, them positively i remember them being a good person all that kind of thing but i think that after some time there there is a natural conversation that needs to be had about you know who this person really was you know, are they somebody that we can you know, hold in high esteem on a pedestal posthumously, even with all this baggage that comes with them? And I think that's a fair question to ask. I don't think that that's anything that is out of bounds, so to speak. And I found, you know, looking on Twitter, tons of tributes, tons of rest in powers, rest in peace. And all that is good because at the end of somebody's life, whatever it is that you believe as to where they go or where we go, I should say, um, you want them to be in the best place possible because everybody makes mistakes in life and you want them to make sure that you want them to be in a comfortable place you know knowing that they have been forgiven in some fashion or that they've forgiven themselves to be honest um but a lot of people not liking the pointing out of the negative aspects of this person's life not liking that they point out that he you know made mistakes in his life um and i think that there's a natural place to do that but right after somebody dies is not necessarily the natural place it's the antithesis of, of Prince Philip, who had lived such a long life, obviously didn't have the types of struggles in his past. And it speaks to sort of um, the differences between growing up, you know, where he grew up, being a part of royalty, having things already set in place for you. DMX didn't do that. DMX probably overcame a very, very tough childhood, a very, very tough environment to get to where he was, similar to when you watch 8 Mile and where Eminem grew up things he had to go through to get to where he was to break through to get out of that and it's not the same for everybody prince philip was born into the royal family right he was born into that so to speak um and maybe not born into it but at least you know part of the royal family and once you become part of that your life is theoretically a lot easier at least in terms of access in terms of you know where your life can go there's a lot less barriers in front of you but I find it interesting because we're now talking about Prince Philip here in the States, and we're still sort of intertwined with this uh, royal family uh, you know, drama that has taken place recently. Because we found out that there is a price to pay for being a part of royalty in, in Britain. There is a price to pay uh, internally that a lot of people don't know. And I think the old guard of the royal family, Prince Philip being one of them, is at the uh, forefront of that because it, he, uh, he and the queen sort of represent the old guard mentality, the old ideas that you need to keep a certain level, a, cer a certain stature, you know, have a certain um, uh, personality when you're out, right? 
set yourself to a high set yourself to a specific standard that not everybody necessarily knows what goes into that and harry and Meghan markle have made a public display of how that does not work for them in ways in which it seems very very uncomfortable um Meghan markle who is not only american but she is a uh you know she's an african-american um and you know she going to the royal family that is not something that has really been embraced um and so you're looking at the principle of death and you're thinking well you know obviously it's tragic you you feel for the family of course i mean the queen has been with this person for a majority of her life even at the age that she is at and to lose that partner is just heartbreaking um somebody that you have had constantly in your life for basically what you remember as most of your life um it hurts and you see this a lot in in smaller communities too where grandparents you know been together 40 50 60 years and one of them passes and it's so so difficult for that person to move on and um, it's so so difficult to think of your life you know without that person and for some of us who are here listening we have probably had a very very small amount of that in our lives if you're married and you've been married for any significant amount of time think about how small that amount of time is compared to how long they were together how long that person was in their life and to think about that person just up and disappearing it's tough and i can only imagine how the queen is feeling i can only imagine how um their children right things of this nature and you feel for them but it is interesting how you know we're talking about this in such good light but yet we're not also not really allowed to talk about the other stuff uh, the extracurricular activities that have come recently with the royal family. And it just goes to show you that uh, in death, you know, there's a lot of things that sort of get glossed over. And there's a lot of things that kind of fall by the wayside in terms of accountability, in terms of, you know, who the real people are. And I think we need to remember that going forward. Um, it sort of speaks to uh, where we are now, you know, with um, with the masters taking place. Um you know, the royal family uh, has had its issues, I think, with uh, with race and with how they have treated different cultures over there. Um, and you look at Augusta National, which has had a myriad of incidences uh, prior to Tiger Woods coming onto the scene. One of the co-founders saying that black people would always be caddies. They would never play there. Um, and even still, Tiger not being fully embraced uh, at Augusta National, not winning, you know, not even after winning, uh, well, finally only having the first women be a part of it. And while the Masters is a wonderful thing, right, it's something similar to a celebrity in death. We talk about it. If you if you love golf, you you love the Masters like I do. But it becomes more and more difficult to separate yourself from those things. It becomes more and more difficult to say, I can separate the art from the artist. I try to do that, to be honest, I really do. Because I do feel that somebody who does, let's say, acting for their job, I'll take Bill Cosby for an example. Um, you know, Bill Cosby entertained me greatly in the, in the Cosby show. I can watch that show even knowing what Bill Cosby did off to the side without you know, being able to be uh, unwatchable, right? With that show being able to be unwatchable. There are certain things that happen within the confines of the show that now I think about with this new context attached to it. And I do think of it that way. But I also don't let it ruin the entertainment for me because to me, Bill Cosby, the human being, is one thing. Uh, Phil Huxtable, or Cliff, excuse me, Cliff Huxtable is another thing. It becomes harder and harder to do these days because right now we are at 
a level of wokeness, if you will, for lack of a better word, in which we are constantly thinking about those things. All of the negative aspects of a person or of a community or of an establishment are right there at the forefront. And I kind of wonder how it is that we are supposed to go about this. I struggle with it. Um, you know, there's a lot of talk of boycotting everything surrounded by something negative. So if there is, um, you know, if there is a negative thing that happens, let's say with Chick-fil-A, where their owners have said that they do not support gay marriage, am I supposed to stop sh uh, eating there? Because I don't actively see the establishments that I go to uh, discriminating in that way, uh, not allowing those folks to get jobs, not allowing those folks service, things like that. Um, and I just, I wonder what we were supposed to do with it because I look at the two deaths now to bring it all back and... You know, DMX had some uncomfortable, uncomfortable truths in his life, in his life, uh, especially the things that he said, the discriminatory ways in which he thought um, and acted, to be honest. And, you know, what are we supposed to do with that? Um, am I allowed to still remember DMX the rapper as something that I enjoy? Uh, am I still allowed to listen to it and get enjoyment out of it? And I feel like we are getting very, very close to a pathway that which we can't do that, that I, that I feel as if our hyper awareness of the negative things that take place the inappropriate things that take place are starting to come to a place where everything is now gone or we are supposed to sort of forget that things happen um, and we can't separate things out anymore like i feel as if i should be able to watch the masters know that they've had troubles with uh, you know having black people and women you know as part of their establishment but also be able to enjoy it in the moment knowing that they have made some type of um, you know, some type of uh, amends to that, especially with Tiger Woods having won, especially now knowing that Condoleezza Rice is a member. I mean, we'd want to have had these things happen before, but it's really, really important that, you know, we recognize the, the progress that these establishments have made. And if we go back to anything in this world, I feel like you could take uh, any actor, any actress, any musician and go back in their entirety of their life and find something that you don't like about it. Does that mean that we should not recognize the other good things that have happened? You know, would we want that in our own lives? I said earlier that I want to be remembered for the good aspects of what I've done, not all the things that I've erred on, not the mistakes that I've made. And thankfully the mistakes that I've made have not been so public, have not been so hurtful in terms of racist language, you know, insensitive comments, uh, things of this embracing things like white supremacy embracing things like uh, non-equality um, but you know you still want to be forgiven for your mistakes that you make in a way that when your life ends um, you are not you're the sum of everything that you've done and not just you know one bad thing it's difficult to do sometimes because I realize that it's difficult to forget things that people have said I'm doing the best that I can to be honest with you um, you know, it's not the easiest thing and there's going to come a time in which I'm going to have to you know think about people that I know in my life who have wronged me in some way and come to grips with the fact that they are you know who they are and they are the totality of who they have been their whole life and I will do the best that I can to give them the benefit of the doubt on certain things but I also know that there is a limit to that I also know that I need to recognize the um, you know, ways in which they have impacted my life negatively. And while I will not throw that in their face as they are in death or posthumously, 
uh, it's something that I will internally recognize because while DMX was a great rapper, he was also a questionable human being in some of the things that he did outside of, you know, being a hip hop artist. Uh, Prince Philip, same thing, you know, the things that the royal family have done uh, in recent years, and I'm sure those things were exacerbated in the past, uh, they need to be recognized in some way. We can celebrate the life of somebody who has passed. We can be sad for their families. We can be sad for, you know, the end of a life because the end of a life is finite. It's the most finite thing that we know. Um, but there, there does come a time in which we need to be real about what those events mean, about what those people really mean and who those people are and sort of be able to, to separate the good and the bad in an, in an appropriate way. And I hope we can do that. So uh, I really appreciate everybody's time. Uh, you know, you never want to start the week off with something negative, but death is inevitable for us. It's something that we all are going to have to deal with and, you know, in some way and whether we have in our own personal lives or we know people who have, um, it's tough because every single person can look back on their life and have some, you know, things or some actions that they wish that they had done differently. Um, but I think we try to do what we can to remember the good things and to let those people know that they did some good in our lives. So uh, hopefully wherever Prince Philip and DMX are, they are resting in peace. Uh, they have made amends with whoever it is that they need to make amends um, in the afterlife. And I hope that their families find some solace in that. And uh, let's hope we all move forward as better people. So um, I hope this finds you well. I hope that you and your families are still safe. I hope you have been able to get the vaccine if you have the opportunity. Um, and you know, please reach out, please connect. Uh, I realize now that we are coming out of a period of solitude, of loneliness, and that there's a lot of people who have survived through it uh, when it is not something that they are or they are good at. They need that human connection. So if you're one of those people and you are reaching your wits end as far as solitude is concerned, uh, reach out to the show. I would gladly have you as a friend um, and, you know, talk about some of the things that you're struggling with. So ways to do that. Um, definitely check out MattyIceMedia.com. We have a contact us page in which you can, you know, write to us. Um, IG or Instagram, Soulfully Casual Podcast. That's another way to do it. And if you're one of those people who still does email, soulfully.casual at gmail.com. Um, I hope everybody has a great rest of their week. I will talk to you on Wednesday. <laughs>